0: Hi, I'm Dan Lukasic from Lawyers with Depression. Today's guest is Dr. Charles Reynolds, co-author of the book, Depression and Anxiety in Later Life. He's a professor in geriatric psychiatry at the University of Pittsburgh Medical College and director of its Aging Institute and the Center of Excellence in the Prevention and Treatment of Late-Life Mood Disorders. Dr. Reynolds is internationally renowned in the field of geriatric psychiatry. His primary interests focus on mood, grief, and sleep disorders in later life. Thank you for being here today with us, Dr. Reynolds.
1: Thanks, Dan. I'm happy to have this conversation with you.
0: I think the first place to begin begin for our, our audience and listeners is to have an understanding of what is clinical depression.
1: The term clinical depression really refers to a syndrome or a collection of symptoms Mm -hmm. um, which are debilitating and cause suffering and distress. At the core of the notion of clinical depression are two symptoms. Uh, The first is a lack of pleasure or interest in usual activities, the clinical term for that being anhedonia, and the other core aspect of depression is a persistent lowering of mood, a sense of sadness and pessimism or even of hopelessness. And these symptoms occur most days for at least two weeks and typically uh, for a longer period of time. And then as the full syndrome of depression develops, then you also see other changes, for example, in sleep, concentration or appetite or energy levels, and uh, of great importance, particularly, is the emergence in many people of suicidal feelings as part of the clinical syndrome of major depression.
0: And you also mentioned, uh, or part of the title of your book, is anxiety. And uh, what is clinical anxiety?
1: Well, like depression, clinical anxiety refers to a syndrome or collection of symptoms that are both distressing and impairing in day-to-day function. Uh, The principal types of anxiety are first excessive worrying, such as we see in generalized anxiety disorder, or panic attacks, such as we can see in panic disorder disorder, with or without um, agoraphobia. And like depression, uh, anxiety disorders can be quite debilitating and distressing. It's important to understand also that anxiety and depression can co-occur in the same patient and often represent risk factors for each other.
0: And in the book title you say, Depression and Anxiety in Later Life. We've talk about later life. Uh, what does that mean?
1: Later life generally refers to folks age 60 and older. That varies somewhat according to the uh, study that you're reading. but most of us accept um, age 60 or 65 as a threshold for beginning the later years of life. Uh, that being said, then, it's important to understand that the later years of life can and often do. Uh, cover several decades. And so uh, we often speak of young old, say 60 to 75 or 80, and old old as covering the years beyond 75 or 80. And that distinction, young old and old old, is important for clinical practice because the various benefits and risks of the treatments that we have may shift gradually with the age of the patient.
0: And doctor, when we think of depression uh, in in our society, how common is is depression statistically, and is it any difference in a, in a, in the older population?
1: If you look, Dan, at primary care medicine clinics where most people get treatment for depression, uh, older adults, if they get treatment at all, at any one point in time, um, six to ten percent of the patients. Attending primary care clinics will have major syndromal depression, and then another 10% or so will have a clinically significant level of depressive symptoms. So, this is by no means a, a rare disorder. The other important thing to remember, and this is to your point about depression's occurrence in older adults it frequently coexists with medical issues and often with cognitive issues as well so depression typically doesn't exist in pure culture but rather is an unwanted co-traveler of many of the common medical problems that afflict older adults and thereby amplifies the disability and distress of those disorders
0: what what causes the depression, Dr. Reynolds, I mean, when we think of depression, uh, I think, you know, we've come a long way in understanding some of the causes, uh, but many people don't know uh, the difference between sadness or the blues and clinical depression. What are we talking about? What are the causes?
1: So the, the causes are many, Dan, and I think it's very helpful to think in terms of there being many pathways to depression in older adults. In some cases it's possible that there is a genetic cause because depression can run in families. Although in in late life depression, we think that genetic factors are maybe less important than they are in younger adults or in kids who develop depression. Depression also occurs in in the context of the life events that can um, occur in Uh, later life, such as bereavement or other major transitions in social role functioning. It's also not unusual to see um, depression in the wake of certain medical events, like a heart attack or a stroke, or uh, for depression to develop in the context of things like age-dependent macular degeneration, which results in a decreased ability uh, for a person to see. Um, These are important contextual factors, and a good treatment plan will take these contextual social and medical factors into account.
0: And, you know, when we think of uh, depression, uh, once it's been diagnosed, um, what can older adults do to manage depression?
1: Um, I think there are many things that older adults can do, Dan, but also they, they can be helped by family members and caregivers as well. And this is a key point. I almost will always try to see family members and caregivers as well as the adult with depression um, themselves. Uh, adopting a healthy um, lifestyle is a very important uh, set of strategies, Dan, both for preventing and for treating depression, And among these healthy lifestyles are uh, physical activity, maintaining good social connections and social support, and getting primary medical problems attended to, such as control of blood pressure, blood fat, and blood sugar levels, and having your immunizations and cancer screening done on time. Behaviorally, it's very important for people to re-engage in the activities that give them pleasure. Uh, Behavioral activation, as we call it, is at the core of many psychosocial treatments for depression, including problem-solving therapy and uh, cognitive and behavioral therapy. Uh, Medications are also very helpful. There are uh, antidepressant medications now available which are safe and generally well-tolerated by older adults. Um, I would say that upwards of 80% or 80-plus percent of older adults with depression can be successfully treated uh, to good response, if not to remission, particularly using a combination of counseling and medication. And then we have other treatments uh, for people with whose depressions are difficult or resistant to treatment.
0: To turn our attention now to the topic of anxiety, and that's certainly an important topic that you address in your book, and you talk about anxiety in later life. And for our audience, what is anxiety? I mean, we talk about, I think a lot of people uh, talk about being stressed out. We're a stressed out culture. Um, Mm -hmm. But what is the difference between stress, stressed out, and true clinical anxiety?
1: That's good, Dan. You've made an important distinction there. All of us can experience stress, for example, in relation to life events which feel threatening to us or which seem to turn our worlds upside down. But there is a difference with anxiety disorders. Uh, Anxiety disorders um, are constituted by specific symptoms uh, that often last for months and months and months and can be disabling and distressing. And principle among these are things like excessive worry uh, or panic attacks, uh, which seem to come out of nowhere. These constitute actual distinct mental disorders, and there are useful treatments for them. Uh, We rely heavily, for example, on teaching people uh, relaxation techniques as well as better problem-solving skills. Um, There's a good deal of literature also to support the use of medications called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. These are medications like citalopram or escitalopram uh, that have been shown to be effective in the treatment of anxiety disorders in older adults. And the reason you want to treat these disorders is that the the symptoms are burdensome. uh, They cause distress and impairment. They undermine the quality of life, and they also increase the risk for depression.
0: Dr. Uh, Dr. Reynolds, is there, when we talk about clinical depression and clinical anxiety, and you've just done a wonderful job of uh, distinguishing uh, them from everyday sadness and everyday stress, do they ever happen together? Can we have a person who has both clinical depression and both, uh, can that travel along with clinical anxiety?
1: We see that uh, really, Dan, in about a third of our patients. Uh, So at any one point in time, probably a third of our patients with major depression, with clinical depression, also can be diagnosed with one or another of the anxiety disorders. So they do co-occur, and they need to be treated. Uh, Sometimes it can be challenging to treat that combination, but we've learned how to do that The other thing to remember, though, is that people living with anxiety disorders are at risk for the subsequent onset um, of depression. So it's important for that reason to address uh, anxiety disorders. The other part of this constellation that I like to pay a lot of attention to is sleep disturbance. Uh, Sleep disturbances themselves represent a risk factor for the subsequent onset of common mental disorders. Sleep disturbances are also a symptom of common mental disorders, and when I'm treating depression or anxiety, if my patient continues to have sleep disturbance, then I focus additional effort on helping them to get a better night's sleep, because if their sleep disturbance isn't addressed independently, then it constitutes a risk factor for an early relapse or recurrence of depression or anxiety.
0: And Dr. Reynolds, um, can you tell us a little bit more about your work at the Aging Institute at the University of Pittsburgh Medical College and the Center in the Prevention of Treatment of Late-Life Mood Disorders? Tell me about your work there.
1: So um, for the last five years, I've served as the director of the Aging Institute at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center the Aging Institute uh, was created by the UPMC Health System and its, its health plan, and also by the six schools of the health sciences at the University of Pittsburgh, and by the provost of the University of Pittsburgh. Basically, Dan, we do three things. Uh, we geriatricize the clinical workforce. That is to say, we uh, teach the skills of caring for older adults to clinicians across all parts of medicine, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, social workers, etc. The second thing that the Aging Institute um, does is to develop new models of care to improve the long-term delivery of care to older adults and their family members. And finally, the third thing that we do is to sponsor research. Uh, we're very interested in innovative Uh, pilot research that can lead to subsequent NIH and other federal support. The other thing that I do at Pitt is to direct the Center for um, Depression Prevention and Treatment Research. Uh, This is a center of excellence, uh, one of uh, only two or three in the United States, funded by the National Institute of Mental Health. We've been working now since 1995 and are thus in our 21st year. Um, we do a great deal of, of intervention research. We also uh, train the next generations of younger scientists, both physicians and PhDs, to do uh, intervention research in older adults at risk for or living with uh, mood disorders like major depression or bipolar disorder.
0: One of the things you mention in your, your book, and by the way, it's a, it's a remarkable, insightful read, Depression and Anxiety in Later Life. One of the things you mention in your book, you talk about the importance uh, for older people about to, to find and maintain a sense of purpose. Why is that so important? How do older people go about finding a sense of purpose if, it, if it's lacking?
1: Yeah, I, it's a really key point, um, Dan. I think that Uh, All of us need to have a sense of purpose, a sense that our lives uh, matter to other people to help us get up in the morning. Uh, Feeling a sense of connection, feeling a sense of belonging is very strong medicine to preserving a sense of of well-being throughout all of the years of life. There's also a substantial body now of, of research, epidemiological research, that shows that um, being a member of a community of faith uh, may both help uh, buffer depression but also help to recover from depression and keep it at bay. So I think that's one key strategy to create a sense of belonging and purpose. Those are two key words that I like to use, belonging and purpose.
0: And in closing, Dr. Reynolds, for those in our audience who are interested in this and might be interested in uh, being evaluated and treated at your center. How do they go about doing that?
1: You can um, give us a call in Pittsburgh. We're happy to take calls. We're also happy to try to uh, help callers find local uh, resources uh, from wherever they may be calling because we're part of a network of colleagues around the country. One, a good way to, um, to, to seek help, though, is to call the help desk uh, at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center because we are able to connect callers with all kinds of different uh, resources that they may need. Uh, we typically get over 600 calls a year now, both from family caregivers as well as from uh, healthcare care professionals. And I'd recommend that people visit our web- website, at aging.upmc.com for more information.
0: Dr. Reynolds, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been very informative, insightful, and encouraging. I'm Dan Lukasik at Lawyers with Depression. Join us next week for another interesting interview. Thank you.